Welcome into the extra here on KRDO News Radio. I am your host, Andrew Rogers. Joining me today in studio, Daryl Glenn, one of the 12 candidates running for mayor. We're continuing to uh, highlight as many of these, you know, dozen mayoral candidates as possible here on KRDO News Radio. Daryl, thank you so much for your time this morning. Oh, hold on one sec. I think. Yep, Shannon left the uh, microphone switch. All right, let's start over. Joining me in studio, Daryl Glenn, (laughs) one of the 12 candidates for mayor. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. And, you know, Daryl, this is the first question I've asked all the other candidates so far. Some have said kind of the hardest question. Some say easiest. But who exactly is Daryl Glenn? You know, a quick way to kind of summarize things for me, uh, looking at my my background, I I am an unapologetic Christian constitutional conservative pro-life Second Amendment loving veteran. Now, how do I get to that? I, I grew up in Colorado Springs, been here for over 50 years. This is my home. Uh, and my wife and I, we always look back to between the 70s and 80s and we think about how Colorado Springs has grown. Um, but when I think of Colorado Springs, I think about all the people that God has placed in my life to help me get to this point. And I just love this city. And that's one of the main reasons why I'm running. Absolutely. And you mentioned, you know, kind of, you know, your different career, obviously a military veteran. Talk to me a little bit about your time in service and some of the things you've learned in your uh, role in the military that translated to your public service. You know, it's a military family. Uh, my Between both of my parents, uh, I was born overseas. My dad was stationed over in Ranstein, Journey. We came here when I was two and a half. Mm-hmm. So I was close to being a native as possible. Military has been in my blood. You know, my mom was in the Army, my dad was in the Air Force, so I have always loved the military. So I stayed here, uh, went to the Air Force Academy, uh, spent 21 and a half years in the military between active duty and reserved, and had the opportunity to just represent my country and get out there, and especially when we start talking about threats to this nation. Most of my career was in acquisition and logistics So when we are talking about global supply chain issues, those are the things that I had to deal with in the military on a regular basis. So I think that gives me an upper hand in preparing us, this community, to be able to deal with some of the challenges ahead of us. So that background and experience being tied in as a veteran, plus being a hometown, you know, resident, I think gives me a leg up. Yeah, and you know, you may have served both on the Colorado Springs City Council as well as El Paso County Commission. Talk to me a little bit about how that transition went from the Air Force to serving on those different boards. I think it's extremely important to um, have that level of service. You know, you know, throughout this campaign, people say, yeah, you know, you're a career politician. I think it's about service, uh, whether it's from the military standpoint or whether it's within government. For me, and my philosophy is going to be, especially as mayor, you need to be the mayor for everyone. Whether you're a single mom or a CEO, you have to be willing to go out there and talk to people. One of the things that I'm proud of, and I would ask people to even talk to some of my constituents, whether I was on city council or county commission, I spent time getting out there talking to people and fighting for them and giving them a voice in, a, you know, in the political arena. And I think that's what's important because a lot of people feel like their voice is not heard. And when you're going out talking to people, uh, I think it's extremely important to be able to make sure that you're reflecting that information back and sharing that with your colleagues and realizing that 
when we're talking about these issues, there are actually people that are associated with these things that are too busy and they're concerned about the amount of government that's in their lives. And I think it's important for a representative to be there and be that voice. Absolutely. We're talking with mayoral candidate Daryl Glenn, focusing on the upcoming April 4th election. We have to take a short break. We're going to talk about that decision to throw your hat into the ring for mayor next here on KRDO News Radio. Welcome back to The Extra here on KRDO News Radio. I'm your host, Andrew Rogers, joined by Daryl Glenn, one of the candidates for the upcoming mayoral election. Daryl, we talked about your background during that first segment, so I guess the next big question I have is, what made you decide to run for mayor this go-round? Colorado Springs is my home, and one of the things that when you go back, and especially if you've been here a long time, uh, Colorado Springs had a certain quality, uh, and I talk to people about, why are you here? And my wife and I always come in contact with people that, like, something brought me to Colorado Springs. There's something special about this place. One of the biggest concerns that I've heard throughout this campaign is crime. Uh, we Our number one priority, and my number one priority, is fixing our growing crime problem. It is no longer safe. And I want people to be able to grow up in the community that I did. Mm-hmm. And I think that's extremely important when you're looking at the homicide rates, property crime rates, motor vehicle thefts. We need to do something about that. So my goal is to make Colorado Springs the safest city in the nation. That's the foundation of this community. Absolutely. And, you know, as you've been out meeting with people, what else are you hearing as far as some of the big concerns and, you know, some of those issues you mentioned as far as what brought them to Colorado Springs that they may not be seeing now? I can tell you it's surprising to a lot of people, but if you actually get out and talk to them, people are very concerned that we're growing at a pace that's not sustainable. Uh, they feel like we're throwing up houses way too much, that we are we absolutely don't have enough water to sustain this growth, that we do not have enough public safety when you start talking about police and fire to be able to respond to that. And people really want us to slow down. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're concerned and they're scared about that. And I think it's extremely important for us to rebuild that confidence, number one, by making this a safe community, but number two, reassuring people that we have adequate water supply to be able to deal with what we have before we start growing. That's going to be a big focus Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned growing up here and, you know, what have you seen as far as some of the biggest changes, you know, kind of decade to decade and, you know, kind of leading to where we're at now and some of the things that uh, is facing whomever is elected the next mayor? Well, I like to give people kind of an insight, especially if you've been here for a while. When Mm -hmm. I graduated from high school back in 84, Powers was a dead end at that point in time at Powers and Barnes. So when you think about how much we've grown out east that was a dead end right there. There was also a drive-in movie theater next to Doherty High School. So I want you to think about that. So I'm telling you from 84 to look at mm-hmm. where we're at now. We have expanded at an enormous rate as far as what, how we've grown. But what we want to make sure that we don't lose is that luster as far as what makes us a special community. And that's something that I'm concerned about, and that's where I'm focusing in on our crime. That has to be addressed. Yeah, and you you mentioned earlier, you know, people saying, well, you're a career politician, things like that. What do you say as far as, especially knowing the current political climate and that term, being a uh, career politician, as far as uh, throwing your hat into the race for mayor this go-round? I tell them I'm a Colorado Springs resident, and I think that it's important for people that care about their community, if you have a skill set, I think it's important for us to get out of the bleachers and get onto the battlefield and be able to stand up and fight. Colorado Springs is the home for freedom and liberty. 
and I have fought and I am absolutely willing to put my life on the line to protect our home rule authority. So I'm not going to sit back and listen to the name calling or whatever with being a politician. I'm more of a person that is totally invested in the health and safety of this community. Absolutely. And, you know, you served on both the city council and commission. Obviously, the role of mayor has changed definitely since then. This will be our third strong mayor set up. How do you think things are working as far as that kind of continued transition from the kind of ceremonial roll them out, cut a couple ribbons, kiss some babies to being really the chief executive of the city? Well, I do support the decision to have a strong mayor. You do need to be a chief executive. One of the things that I'm going to bring to the job is I want to be very straight and honest with people that we are going through some difficult times when you're looking at the pressures that we're facing globally and nationally with regard to on, you know, our home rule authority. And what I want to do is like Colorado Springs, we need to become more lean and efficient and less dependent on federal and state funding. So I am going to be looking at identifying programs that are absolutely should be put out into the private sector, eliminating those programs and reappropriating those dollars, putting those into our core services. Let's get back to the basics of limited government. Absolutely. And as you mentioned, too, the city is just continuing to expand as well, too. And I know we'll talk a little bit about this later on, but as we're talking about the you know need to really streamline and kind of uh, make the government as efficient as possible, how do you balance that knowing that we're continuing to grow and there is kind of this still attraction to Colorado Springs to have such rapid uh, bringing people in and uh, new jobs and corporations and the like? Well, and I think that's where philosophy comes in. What is your role of government? What's your view? Because I'm running on the platform that we should have a very limited role with regard to government. Government should have the smallest footprint possible in your life to allow you to maximize your freedom and liberty, to allow you to maximize your property rights, your business interest. Uh, The government is not your friend. It's not your social calendar. It's designed to be able to provide those core functions. Those core functions are public safety and infrastructure and looking at the regulations to minimize that impact in your life. And I think if you focus in on that, everything else will take care of itself. All right. And, you know, with that, obviously, the uh, the mayor is going to be working very close with uh, police chief Adrian Vasquez. You know, how do you think uh, things are going right now with the CSPD, kind of with that mindset of we need to work on increasing public safety, make this a safer community, but also seeing that that is one of the largest expenditures right now in the city budget? Well, absolutely. And I have a proactive policing philosophy because, in my opinion, What you're seeing is a major morale issue within public safety, especially in the police and fire. That comes from, you know, when you're looking at the fact that our state rolled back qualified immunity. And now, you know, our public safety first responders are out there almost personally liable uh, for doing their job. There are bad people in every profession. And those people should be held accountable. But that doesn't mean you throw out everything with regard to the institution. So I'm going to be personally involved in the recruiting, going out locally, using those connections in the church community and schools to be able to bring value back and show people it's honorable to be a part of public safety. But I want to be very clear that crime is going to be dealt with in this community. So I'm looking at looking at our municipal codes and I'm going to be expanding penalties with regard to people that want to harm our citizens and our property. I have a zero tolerance policy for panhandling. And I want to make sure people understand that when we're looking at our response times and property crimes, I'm going to place a greater emphasis on that. 
So again, my goal is to make Colorado Springs the safest city in the nation, and I'm going to be very active in making sure we achieve that objective. Absolutely. And knowing the zeitgeist right now towards policing, uh, not, you know, maybe not necessarily as much here locally, but nationally, how hard is it going to be as far as recruiting, especially the younger generations, people who want to make law enforcement their career, knowing that uh, increased scrutiny on the badge right now? I think that when we actually remind people of the honor of service and how important it is for the community to be invested in the safety of that of your neighborhoods. So I think it's important to recruit from within, show people that we have plenty of vacancies. So you want to be able to go out there and say, look, if you care about your community, sign up and be a part of that. But I also think they need to make sure that they know that the mayor is going to have their back. I think it's extremely important for people in public safety to understand that the mayor is going to be out there supporting what they're going to do. That doesn't mean that if somebody does something wrong, they won't be held accountable. But it's important for people to understand it's a relationship both ways. But I'm also going to be very clear. There's a personal responsibility and we need to go back to teaching people the correct way to interact with law enforcement when it comes to traffic stops and those types of things. It's respect on both sides. And that's something that we need to make sure we're emphasizing. Yeah. What do you think the best way to kind of get that message across, especially to, you know, the citizenry who's become very jaded towards, you know, really any authority, let alone law enforcement? Well, I think you need to be very uh, transparent with regard to the training tactics. But I also think that when you start talking about parents, you know, my parents, I'm a black, you know, I'm a black man. And I guarantee you. One of the lessons that my parents made sure I understood was the proper way to deal with law enforcement within your community, that you follow instructions. And that's one of the things that I think that we've gotten away from is being able to say, look, you know, law enforcement community, they have a job. They have a way that they're supposed to do their job. But as a citizen, we have a responsibility to make sure that we're acting appropriately, too. Both sides need to be held accountable for their conduct. I love the fact that they're, they're body cams because now it's out there and we can look at what's going on. But the responsibility lies with both sides. Yeah, it definitely does take two to tangle with that because really all these interactions are between two individuals and really both have an equal part to play. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we talked a little bit about that. Um, as you mentioned, uh, you know, kind of growing up here, and I remember as a native as well, the changes we've seen, you know, do you think Colorado Springs right now is on the right path as far as kind of this explosion we've had, especially in the past, you know, 10 years? Uh, I don't. Uh, I'm very concerned because I think that we've gotten away from, you know, what has made us special. Uh, We have become way too reliant on federal and state funding. And I'm not talking about the DOD because we have five military installations. So that's an appropriate use of federal funding. But what I'm seeing is a lack of responsibility within the local community to come up with non-government solutions to be able to provide uh, these functions that fall outside of our core services. Our government has expanded to the point when you start thinking about COVID, COVID has expanded government to a point to where it's unsustainable and we're trying to be all things to all people. We need to look at that and pare that down and get back to the basics of government and be able to allow people to be able to compete and do those functions that can best be served outside of the private sector. Yeah. Is it too late, though, to kind of unring that bell or try to get the toothpaste back in the tube, seeing that, you know, a lot of these big structures have already been put in place? It'll be too late if you vote for the establishment. And I am not the establishment. 
The establishment is very clear on what they want to do. They want to continue the expansion of government. They want to continue to be able to rely on more federal state funding. The fact that we have so much HUD funding when it comes to housing and those types of things, we actually celebrate that here in Colorado Springs. And I think that that is terrible. I think the last thing I want to do is have federal funding when it comes to those services, have the federal government come in here and dictate to us at a local level on what they should be doing, who should be in your home, how long they should stay there, whether or not they should be vaccinated. If you have a contractor working on it, what they should have to do with regard to whether or not they're vaccinated. That is a complete overreach of the federal government. We need to cut that off and make sure that we fund these things locally. Absolutely. Daryl, we have to take a short break, uh, get in some local and national headlines. If people want to learn more about you, your stance, your policies, in the meantime, what's the best way to do so? I encourage people to go to Daryl Glenn for Colorado. That's Daryl Glenn, the number four, Colorado. Again, that website, DarylGlennForColorado.com. We'll be back with Daryl Glenn still ahead here on Cardio News Radio. Welcome back to The Extra here on KRDO News Radio. I'm your host, Andrew Rogers, joined by Daryl Glenn, one of the candidates for mayor in Colorado Springs, also a retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel. Uh, Daryl, we talked a lot about the background, kind of that mission and dedication to service, why you want to run for mayor. We hit on it a little bit before the end of the last break, but let's jump into some of the big things really facing Colorado Springs right now. You'd mentioned especially crime. We all know the uh, statistics are alarming right now as far as where we're currently sitting at and uh, what what do you think is the problem and how do we address that moving ahead? And especially if we end up with a uh, Mayor Daryl Glenn. Yeah, well, and I think that the first thing that you're going to see me do is designate the fact that that's going to be our city's number one priority. And in order to be able to be successful in solving our crime problem, again, we need to be able to implement what I call my proactive policing philosophy with regard to recruiting, make sure that we have enough people to be able to perform the mission. I want to be very clear about what our goals and objectives are as far as from a legislative standpoint to lobby against those policies that are making it more easy for people to actually commit crimes and not be held accountable. But I also want to make sure people understand that when we start talking about our community and from a safety standpoint, that absolutely matters. So people are going to be held accountable. We do have a municipal code where we can take a look at strengthening the penalties here locally for people that are going to be doing harm to our citizens and to our property. And I support doing that, even including jail time if necessary. I have a zero tolerance policy with regard to panhandling. I want to be very clear about when we start talking about response times and property crimes. There's going to be a greater emphasis on that. So you're going to be like, well, how do you do that? How do you pay for it? You do that by looking at the budget. You go through program by program. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to evaluate it from the lens of, is this going to help us achieve that goal of being the safest city in the nation? And those functions that are best performed outside of the government, I'm going to allow the private sector to do that. And then I'm going to reappropriate those dollars and put those into our public safety and our infrastructure. Then finally, I'm going to be looking at our regulations and making sure that when we're looking at how do we maximize property rights, how do we maximize individual freedom and liberty, and are there things that are in the way of our business interests? And I'm going to eliminate those things so we can absolutely move forward. So when we do those things, that's when Colorado Springs is absolutely going to step into its leadership role. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, some of the uh, things right now that city government is doing that might be better handled in the uh, private sector. Do you have maybe a couple examples that uh, you've already kind of seen saying, you know, this probably shouldn't be under a government embassy? Well, you could always look at things that can be contracted out, especially within public works. 
Um, you can look at some of the partnership arrangements that we have in some of those other programs with regard to um, some of the nonprofit communities. You can l- look at some of the areas where you don't necessarily need to be able to provide funding for that. There are other ways to be able to support those things. But as far as being able to have a, a, an entire list, I just want to be very clear. I'm looking at everything. Okay. And I want to be very clear. And I'm going to, if you do not have a direct public safety mission, we're going to look at and see how well are you going to be able to help perform us and get us to that point. And if you can't and it's best served outside the government, it's probably going to get cut. Absolutely. You know, you also mentioned panhandling. Uh, I know a lot of people say, you know, we have to do something with the homeless population. What more can be done since we already have, you know, sit lie, we have the kind of quiet panhandling type uh, ordinances that always get challenged by every, you know, four letter group every couple of years. You know, what else could be done as far as uh, this kind of increased homeless population, especially in downtown Colorado Springs? Well, we have laws, but we are not enforcing the laws. Number one, I want to be very clear that we will be enforcing all the laws on the books. And if they need to be strengthened, we are absolutely going to do that. But homelessness is a community issue. My focus is going to be what's the best way for the government to be able to respond. And from our standpoint, it needs to be from a public safety standpoint. I call that the intake piece. When you're looking at homelessness, uh, my wife and I have spent time helping an individual transition from homelessness to a house. And we spent a lot of time talking to him and really learning about what's going on within some of these homeless camps. You have people that that's a lifestyle choice, and we want to make sure that they're held accountable uh, for that lifestyle choice when they're out there panhandling. You shouldn't be doing that. You're literally standing under a sign that says you shouldn't be doing that. You need to be arrested for doing that. You have people that are out there that have mental health issues and require assistance. We need to be able to be able to have an intake with regard to how do we help this individual? But it's not really the government's job to do that. We need to have relationships in the private sector, faith-based communities, other nonprofits, other agencies that have that expertise, whether it's in mental health, whether it's within, they have the ability to provide housing or financial assistance. The city's role needs to be almost as a point guard to already have those established relationships so that when we have somebody that we have to basically intake and be like, we need to try to help you, that we have a transition to a partner that they can then best step up and be able to help that. So that when we start talking, we're not talking about funding. We're about talking about a smooth transition into the area. That's why the community needs to be a part of the solution. Absolutely. Let's shift gears now. You also brought up uh, infrastructure and especially that water concern. We know City Council recently passed that 128% rule. Is that doing enough to kind of balance and making sure that we are taking care of such a valuable resource of water here in the uh, kind of high desert that we have in Colorado Springs? Well, well, first of all, the whole 130, 128%, I think most people observing that process are probably like, come on, how'd you come up with that? Mm Mm-hmm. We need to have an absolute way to be able to verify how much water do we actually have to be able to take care of the residents here. And when you're looking at the challenges that we have going forward with our own internal growth, with our wildfire risk, do we have enough water supply right now? And what is that measurement? Because that needs to be clearly established so that community needs to buy it. 
we absolutely need to have a rule as a way to check before we expand and grow and annex those things that this criteria needs to be met to make sure that we have enough water to do that before we grow, before we expand, before we annex those types of things so that the community is aware. We have a responsibility for the citizens of this community that built our water system to take care of them first. And I think we need to do a better job from a transparency standpoint, verifying what we have. And that's something that I want to make sure that we get to the bottom of. Because right now, when I heard it went from 130 to 128, I was kind of like, okay, to me, it sounds like there's some developers that have absolutely been able to influence that process so that they can continue to have their application going forward. We need to knock that off. We need to make sure that we're doing it the right way and have a benchmark, have our standard based on whether or not they're able to achieve that and hold people accountable to it. And with that, you know, kind of talking about the overall growth of the city right now, we know that uh, the city is growing. Both you and I who've grown up here were kind of commiserating over that during the commercial break as far as, you know, remembering back in the day. But, you know, really, we're, we're running out of space for this, knowing that the only places to go are north and east. So how do we balance that uh, that need to growth, but also doing it responsibly and not kind of losing the character that the city has had for so many years? Well, well, first, I'm going to say something that people are going to be like, oh, you got to be kidding. It, there isn't a fundamental right to live here. I mean, we need to get have an absolute understanding that it's not the government's job to provide you housing or to provide it as an affordable or attainable housing within this community. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, you need to allow the market to be able to dictate to that. You know, we've had a couple candidate forums where people are like, well, how are you going to attract young people here? What are you going to do? We've got 1,200 uh, units that we need to be able to build to address our market. Sometimes you might actually have to live with somebody. Sometimes you might have to rent out a room or a house before you can actually afford to live here if cost is a factor. But just like anybody else that's making a decision on where to live, you evaluate, you look at your budget and determine whether or not you can actually afford to live there. And if you can't, you might have to live somewhere else. And that's a hard thing to say, but when you're looking at what's the government's role, the government's role is to make sure your housing is safe. Government's role is to make sure we don't we aren't putting regulations in place to actually prevent that. But other than that, we need to get out of the way and stop putting our hand on the scale to try to artificially contribute to increasing our housing supply. Yeah, and you know, with that as well, obviously with the government is uh, attracting these new businesses. We've seen Amazon come here. Obviously, there's still the uh, continued push to have Space Command relocated here and not move out to Alabama. So what role should the government have as far as maybe attracting those businesses or working on that economic development system to kind of keep the economy maybe, you know, growing a little bit instead of just kind of becoming stagnant? Well, you mix two things. You got okay. Amazon and Space Command. Okay, I look at those two differently. I am not going to be, and they do not support, walking around with our hat in hand begging large employers to be able to come to our community. Uh, they should be fighting to come here. Uh, we don't need to beg anybody to be here. We want to make sure that when they, if they want to come here, they're going, they want to fit into the our community, and they're actually going to contribute to that. So I don't support continuing to provide taxpayer incentives to be able to go out and track uh, large employers because, again, they need to want to be here and they also need to make sure that they're going to conform to our value system because some of these large employers are actually getting into the area of social justice and all these other things, you know, the environmental standards. 
And I think that we need to push back against that as a local community. Now, with regard to Space Command, I absolutely believe Space Command should be. We have five military installations here. When you look at defending this country, Colorado Springs is on the map. We are the defenders of freedom and liberty. And the right place for Space Command is here. And that's something that I continue to support. Absolutely. And again, you were right. You know, those are two very, you know, different situations. (laughs) I shouldn't have mixed them in. So thank you for kind of calling me out on that as well. That's okay because I just don't want people to think because we have this push where we want to go out and attract because we want to bring jobs here and do all these other things. No, when we have a safe community, when you look at the quality of life, when you think about the lifestyle of your employees, having a safe community, your employees are going to want to live here. So you should want to come here. We shouldn't have to beg you to come to this community. And we're not going to do that in my administration. And if I'm hearing you right, finding, you know, businesses that want to be, you know, Colorado Springs citizens as well and not bring their policies or you'd only come here because they're getting big tax breaks. Exactly. That is going to be a big factor because if that's what you want to do, you know, I don't want to offend anybody from California, but if you want to bring California policies here, keep on going. Absolutely. We have to take one more quick break. We're going to continue the conversation with Daryl Glenn still ahead here on KRDO News Radio. Welcome back to the extra here on KRDO News Radio, joined by Daryl Glenn, candidate for mayor in Colorado Springs. You know, Daryl, this has been a very fast moving hour. Seems like we've covered a lot of ground, but do want to ask, is there anything you think it's important that you wanted to make sure we do cover that we haven't yet? Well, again, I want to talk about my my philosophy with regard to how I would like to lead the city. And again, I think it's important. I'm going to hold myself accountable to this. If you're going to be mayor, you need to be mayor for everybody. Whether you're a single mom or a CEO, everybody should have access to their government. And when I think about how I want people to be able to have that government experience, I want our city government to be lean and efficient, but neutral. Uh, We should not be out here promoting an agenda. Look, I am a Jesus follower, but I'm not sitting here trying to uh, push my philosophy on anyone. I want us to be able to make sure that we maximize freedoms and liberties for all. And the best way to do that is to make sure our government is neutral and we focus in on, well, what are the core functions of government? Because when you do that, you actually maximize liberty for everyone. I also want to change the reputation that we are hearing in this community and that people outside of the community are trying to put on us that we're this racist, sexist, homophobic community. Absolutely not. I'm a living example of the fact that God has placed people in my life and the people here in this community absolutely put their arms around me and I you know, credit God and also the people around here for the place I'm in at this point in time. Absolutely. And even looking at you know the 12 candidates running for mayor, this is one of the more diverse candidate slates that I think the city has ever seen. And it's really reflecting that those old school concepts about College Springs are quickly uh, kind of staying in the past. And they should be. Uh, but there are still people that have an agenda that they want to push, and I want to make sure that we push back in the fact like, no, you're not going to take over our community. We are going to stand up for home rule authority, and this is going to be a place for everybody that's going to be able to thrive and stand up and, and appreciate the freedoms and liberty that are here finally, in Colorado Springs. Yeah, finally, Daryl, what, uh, what would Colorado Springs look like after the first four years of a Glenn administration? Uh, safest city in the nation. Uh, a place where if you have any sort of interaction with the, the city government that you're going to be like, you know what, that was the most efficient action and it didn't matter who I was, my social status or anything like that. I was able to get the job done. When you're actually looking at your property, uh, you're going to be able to say, 
Colorado Springs, they've got policies in place that allow me to maximize the use of my property, uh, allow me to maximize the use of my business, that if I needed a license, it was a very smooth and efficient process, and that they gave me maximum flexibility to be able to do that. Those are things that I believe are the best way to evaluate the success of this administration, and I'm absolutely dedicated to doing that. Perfect. Daryl, if anyone wants to get more information, again, about you, about uh, different policies, or even catch up with the campaign, maybe get involved, what's the best way to do so? I always tell people, please go to Daryl Glenn for Colorado. That's Daryl Glenn to number four, Colorado. I spend a lot of time out talking to people, and I really pride myself on the number of videos that we can go into detail with regard to some of my policy issues. We will be the safest city in this nation. I want people to understand that we can believe that we can win, believe that we can do this, and believe that Colorado Springs, under my leadership, will be the safest city in the nation. Daryl Glenn, we appreciate your time in joining us here on KRDO News Radio. Thank you very much for having me. And again, reminder, the election is coming up on April 4th. Ballots will be hitting those mailboxes around March 10th. So definitely get out, get involved, uh, learn about the candidates, and make sure your voice is heard. That does it here for the Extra. We have the Tom Martino Show next here on KRDO News Radio.